So it was Mark and Dirk in the second day. From the throw and he just sprinted up the pitch and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a long day. They smelled a the rat with me. They knew I wasn't going to be great going back that way. And they were right. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. With exfoliating bar. All right, we have a, like a, one of the all-time busy shows for you with a star-studded lineup for you. Uh, Owen is here. How are you? And Kenny Cunningham is here. Morning, lads. Ah, Kenny, how are you? Yeah, all good. All good. What's going on? Oh, this time in the morning, lads. Very little. Yeah, Very you're, little, Scott, you're not, not dressed in green. Will you be marching your <laughs> traditional route tomorrow? Like Owen. Oh yeah, just, just checked it out That's there. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look at the album. What emblem? What, what, what? I actually don't know what it is. All oh, right, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, you do. Well, and to try and make it, you just threw that on when you got out of bed, and even me tends and Jay, me and Jay are now different. Tends to be what happens. Hours of grooming, hours of grooming before he comes into studio. <laughs> we, we all know that. <laughs> Unlike Jay, obviously. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we were we were just having a, a random enough That's conversation. That's a compliment, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been taking it as one. Thank you, Kenny. About St. Patrick's Day and the sporting action and the the lack of sporting activity, and Owen was expressing some um, interest in your your school's GA career. Yeah, give us your give us show us your medals. Show us your school's medals is what I was asking. The context for this, by the way, is that the school's finals are on. In, two in two school medals, two school medals. I didn't bring up this conversation. I don't know how it came up about the guy. We were just chatting about St. Patrick's Day and how the GEA in Croke Park now is the schools rather than the clubs. Right, gotcha, yeah. I think the point I was making initially was that it'd be good to have some live sport on uh, uh, Paddy's. I haven't been in, uh, in Dublin for Paddy's Day in a long time, but uh, I like the idea getting out of bed and heading down to whatever's your local venue and watching a bit, whether it's a bit of club guy or county or, or whatever, and just taking in a bit of live uh, sport just to, just to break up the day a bit. Yeah, something about going to a bit of live fo- uh, live sport. I think uh, it's quite appealing. Paddy's Day, we know where it's going to end up. You know, we know where most people are going to end up on Paddy's Day, but the delay nice the inevitable. To, yeah, yeah, I think it's nice to get out there, just break up the day a bit. Now, are you a fan of the parade? Yeah, but I'm saying I haven't been because I I grew up from having this conversation with me uh, um, my brother uh, yesterday. I grew up in Dorsetstree, so. When the parade came up, uh, a around Parnell Square, it kind of finished. Do you know the Black Church? Yeah. You doing your little thing around North Dublin there, even your little walk. Yeah, there's a block of flats there. I don't know if it's Dorsetstree flats, what they're called. So we used to walk down. I lived off Blessed Street. Besides St. Saviour's Boxing Club, is that where you're? That where you're yeah, not far, like, yeah. But we used to walk down from Blessed Street and walk into the flats onto the set, set, first or second uh, uh, level and we used to get picked up and perched on the on the edge and just held there Michael Jackson style <laughs> pretty much so yeah yeah except there were about like 50 kids like in the, in the, in the same but like domino it would have been a domino effect if one kid had gone about 50 would have gone <laughs> anyhow but that's where the parade finished just a black church there people in the area uh, would know it so yeah so that was uh, we were lucky in that respect we saw the whole uh, parade come and finish but now, I haven't seen it I haven't been Dublin. I haven't been in Dublin for it could be thirty years since I've uh, I've been in Dublin on uh, Paddy's Day. Will you go to the parade, Owen? Uh, I'll be in and around Dublin for sure. Whether or not I'll take in any of the parade remains. Can you get a good view? Can you get? I can't be I know, like turning up and then it's you know just yeah. caught a bit of. You need to know somebody who has a roof who's looking down on one of the 
the streets because then otherwise it's like what about your pen where's your penthouse chair exactly where, where exactly yeah yeah uh, uh, I, I just know you're, I you're can't, yeah I couldn't be asked with that now you're, you're jammed in with a, a bunch of people who are like yeah breathing all over you yeah I'm not too sure the Geordie's out I'm, I'm not uh, haven't made my mind up now I was thinking of coming in for a few hours in the afternoon I'm not sure it's, it's going to be worth it though is it afternoon it might be a little bit like a post-apocalyptic zombie takeover <laughs> Is it, I'm hearing quite a lot of that. Is it as bad as that? Is I it? don't know. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it isn't anymore. Too much messing going on. Is there, I can't be. It's too much messing. I. It's a shame. I can't be doing with all of that. Like maybe the, maybe the city has been reclaimed in the last couple of years because of COVID. We'll see. Let's the get live to, sport. That's my answer to it. Live well, sport. That's one. That's definitely one answer. And speaking of zombies, uh, Manchester United season is over. Effectively, they well, they can still. Oh, they can finish fourth. They could still finish. So it's for not it. over. They could Retract. go. They could Retract. Go I, I take it back. They will be trophyless. Cristiano Ronaldo's first trophyless season in twelve years. Is that right? Yeah. Poor, poor Cristiano. Um, I felt sorry for him last night. I told there was one moment, lads, just kind of sums up where he is in his uh, career. Uh, late on in the game, maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, he picked the ball up about ten yards outside their penalty box on the right hand side. I think he fronted up one of the Atletico centre-halves, can't remember who it was, and he tried to knock it past him and run around him the other side. And It didn't just, happen? Yeah, it was just, just, yeah, just in terms of that, that acceleration now over you know, 10, 15 yards, just nothing there at all. The defender didn't even, didn't even have to work that hard to, to run backwards and take the ball off him. So just a small little snapshot where he is stick your earphones in there for the first bit we're going to listen to um, some of the post-match reaction first off here's David De Gea pretty despondent speaking to BT Sport no silverware again for another season for United it's going to be five years now it's not good enough for this club is it of course it's not good enough it's it's hard it's, uh, it's hard for, for the club for, for us for the fans it's really hard uh, this is where we are at the at the moment Difficult situation, and we need to keep fighting, keep keep trying our best. But to be honest, it's a it's a tough moment again. I feel sad. I feel sad. I feel uh, for the fans as well and for everyone. But we are not not good enough. Thank you, David. Thank you. Uh, short and sweet. Here's uh, Ralph Ranick um, again, the interim boss, who's you know counting down the moments now until he's free from the burden of managing Manchester United. Here he is in the aftermath of their one 0 defeat last night. Have a listen. Well, I think we played a very good first half, exactly the way that we wanted to play. Um, high energy level. Uh, most of the, the game in the first half took place in their half. Um, but unfortunately, we couldn't convert that energy into uh, one or two goals. We hit the crossbar. We had another one or two good moments where we could have scored or should have scored, but uh, we didn't. And then conceding that uh, one con- counter-attacking goal uh, short before half-time didn't make uh, life any easier for us. And in the second half, it was it was difficult, I think. Uh, I don't think that the game went for more than three minutes in, 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 a, in a go. It was always interrupted, somebody lying on the floor. I think also some curious refereeing decisions. I wouldn't say in the end uh, that they were decisive, but at least he fell too often for those time-wasting antics and uh, in the end four minutes extra time was just a joke for me but anyway very good first half second half again was uh, difficult to find the rhythm again Ah Ralph Ranick blaming the uh, 
slightly dodgy foreigners for their time wasting and the referee at the end of it he's settled right into Manchester United life this is this is yeah, good it's bit, yeah it's part true to what, he, uh, what he's saying but fundamentally it's just a lack of quality lack of confidence in that Manchester United team just come out in the second half this is this is their level they will get beaten by a team who aren't yeah. who aren't even playing very well at the moment but who are just who know more what their own identity is in yeah. Atletico who have a manager who, who knows their this is what we're supposed to do this is how we're going to do it over two legs we just need to be in this at the end and we'll, we'll outlast them because Manchester United aren't good enough at the moment this is their level no, they're not. You could argue whether that they're better than what they're shown at the moment. That's when the kind of that bit of confidence comes in. They probably just can't trust themselves. You know, I still think they're fighting. In all honesty, you can't trust them in terms of what type of performance you're going to get out. And first half was decent enough. I'd agree with the manager there in terms of like you know intensity, energy levels. Still think they're lacking a little bit in real kind of quality. Had a lot of the ball. We were in there half the pitch. That's where we wanted to be. Well, initially, of course, that's where you want to be initially. But then it's what you do, how creative you are when you get into that area of the pitch and like how good you are, your combinations, what you're actually looking to do. So United you know, is still a bit short there. Probably not, again, we've, you know, it's all been said, isn't it? That's kind of central midfield area. If you look at their first goal, even the small, now it wasn't the Lorente goal, the two goals actually, but the, even the Lorente goal that was um, it disallowed just be, before the first goal. It's a great little combination play in the Atletico central midfield, Koke and the Paul, I think it is. You know, the tight little area of the pitch under pressure, they play a little one two, bump bum around the corner. Which is exactly the same, kind of, not not exactly the same, but the ability on the ball is exactly the same as the one that creates the chance in the end. Yeah, exactly, but they get in behind the United midfield here, so it's just that little bit quite that central area of the pitch to work a bit of space, get somebody free, and then it's the ball in behind. Forsen was disallowed, thought it was a great goal. Laurent, just just needed to check his run a bit before driving in behind and then the second goal a- again like boom boom you know quick passing little overload not not overcome but a little but, but quality there nevertheless like yeah so with the, the the goal comes after a dispute about whether or not Alanga was fouled and then Manchester United Ronaldo in particular is chasing the referee in and actually they're not they're not organized enough and as soon as that happens Atletico know what they're about they know the counter-attack is on and the ball goes down the pitch really quickly. Yeah, it? but it goes down with a bit of quality. Too. I think people talk down to let go too much. I mean, you know, after the game, oh, you know, the black arts. And of course, that's part of it. But, but you, you can't know get it's away coming. From, yeah, but you know, but they don't... You can't complain about it when you know it's coming. Yeah, you that, know that's it's why Ranić pisses me off there because it's like, oh, Atletico Madrid under this manager are going to disrupt play and lie down and pretend they're injured. You know that's going to be the case. Yeah, but that's can't a small facet. Yeah, but that's a small facet of the game, Jerry, isn't it? In terms of defensive um, organisation, Organization, how they defend their box that low block is pretty impressive uh, to be honest with you that's not like 10 players running around like kind of headless chickens after the ball trying to make tackles they're kind of a cohesive unit in terms of how they defend and even when they break out from that deep defensive shape they do with a little bit of quality they're not just smash 40 yard uh, long balls up the pitch for for Griezmann and Joe Felix to no. chase they look to play little 5-10 yard quick 1-2 passes to work their way up the pitch so there's genuine the point I'm trying to make is there's genuine quality tech. there's a high technical uh, level of ability there within the team I wouldn't be a huge fan maybe what Herrera for me would be a, a huge fan of and I think back to the when Coke played back in the day and Sal Niguez was at his very best in that central but these lads can play can play 1-2 touch and again that United midfield that engine room for United you never feel as if Fred or McTominay can get on the ball on the half turn and play that clever little ball around the corner that kind of eye of a needle pass and that's not the only issue there there's plenty more going on that we all kind of know about but yeah it all came undone a little bit had a bit of sympathy for been there myself 
to be honest with you that frustration builds you just you can sense it inside you just not good enough this lot they've got too much uh, for as you know what they're doing spoiler taxis but you can't do anything about it really the whole occasion kind of gets here the frustration boils up you know concentration wavers the whole shebang the game's getting away from you it just feels as if there's nothing you can do about it. I think it's it's like it is worth lingering on the point that, that you made there. Another trophyless season for Manchester United. The first time since 1974 that they've gone five consecutive seasons uh, without winning a trophy. And like I just kind of was rewinding a little bit this morning to kind of remind us ourselves of how big the fall off has been in this season alone. Like I feel sorry for Manchester United fans because in a way we all as sports fans go into every season with this sense of naivety that it's you know we're, we're going to win the title whoever you support or whatever your possible level is you're going to think that we're going to reach that ceiling. But it wasn't just the Manchester United fans. It was the Manchester United players who thought they were going to win something this season. Like after they beat Wolves 1-0 at Molyneux back in August, the day or the day after the Ronaldo signing had been secured, you had got David De Gea and Paul Pogba speaking in front of Sky Sports, saying, now is the time to win titles. Uh, even if you go through some of the, the, the social media reactions to Ronaldo signing, um, like you had the likes of uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, for example, saying, wow, 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 he's home. Lingard saying, viva Ronaldo. Uh, D- David De Gea with the blushing uh, emoji. Bruno saying, agent Bruno, welcome back home. Luke Shaw saying, I feel like it's given the club a massive lift, not just inside but outside. It's a big positive. He's one of the best players in the world, and he has been for the last number of years. David De Gea in more longer quotes that it's like a dream for all the Manchester United fans and for us to have him back. Like this was the level that Manchester United felt they were at back in August. So even though it's been a nightmare 10 years for them, I would say that in the context of one season, this has been the worst. This, has be, this is definitely the lowest point because they thought it was going to be one of the highest points in the post-Alex Ferguson era. Yeah, yeah. there was a bit of good, good feel, good vibes around the club at that time. You're right, a decent, it was a decent uh, finish to last season. Was it was the tour they finished in the, in the league under Salzkart at the end of last season? I think it might have been. But uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I remember a bit of that veranda coming, didn't he? Just prior to that Wolves game as well, and actually played initially played quite second well. actually last season. Yeah, looked second. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, and it looked as if there was a partnership developing there between him and Harry Maguire. A lot of uh, confidence around the team. Everybody kind of talking things up. Never really felt it was going to be a title winning squad, even then. You know what I mean? So you're the saying like their trophy isn't good enough. I ne- never thought that team was going to win the league this year, potentially Champions League. Like, but yeah, you could have argued well one of the domestic competitions. I don't know if that's. I'm never quite, I'm never quite buying to the fact that you know the argument's been a trophy this season, as if you know they've gone and stole the Carabao Cup this season. You know that fine, negates yeah, everything yeah, else. Yeah. That where it's not as, as simple as that is it. But that was kind of basic fundamentals. I think I've always been there in terms of the. You know, lack of quality in certain areas of the pitch, but there has been a massive drop off in terms of the, the dressing room. The dress, dressing room is obviously fractured a little bit. You could, I think, it's too simplistic to say Ronaldo coming into the dressing room has created that kind of schism in there. I don't think it's as simple. But it gave as that. the sense that they could contend in Europe and in the Premier League, and all of a sudden everybody's like, right, we're ready to win now. And I definitely feel that that was just uh, another ingredient into the, the whole element of, of complacency that we've seen at times. Yeah, but it's not like I mean at the moment there's, there's a, I'm hearing a bit of like oh this is it's absolute mess. This it is. is. Where, I think it where, is. Where do you even start trying to put it is. this thing yeah. right? I think this is what. How how that Liverpool understand Are you one of these then? What direction? What direction? Yeah. How do we even? Look, it's it's not overly complicated in terms of the four steps you need to take going forward. The only thing that can save Manchester United is Guardiola and Klopp leaving. 
Otherwise, they are staring down the barrel. No, it depends what you mean by save. They've got to win the league. Win the league. Win the standards. They're Man United standards. That you can't deny that Ferguson decided and 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 injected into the club. If we don't win the league or the Champions League, it's actually a failure of a season. If they won the FA Cup, if they won the FA Cup and they sacked the guy who won the FA Cup. Van Gaal won the cup in the lift afterwards. He got sacked. Yeah. Like, no, it is possible. I, I don't agree with you that unless Guardiola and Klopp go into that fo- uh, football. If they went in now, they wouldn't bring a title. If Guardiola no, no, and, and my, Klopp went my, into Manchester United now. No, my point wouldn't. is they have to leave their current jobs. The only thing that's going to save Man United and get them back to a level where they're going to win a league is if Klopp leaves Liverpool and Guardiola leaves City. <laughs> that's, the, that's, what, that's what they can pray no, for. No, it's, no, it's interesting what you're saying, but no, it's not, it's not true. Obviously, somebody is capable of going in there the right type of, with the right type of backing behind him. Yeah, too good a fair point, Pochettino. I think these type of managers who uh, could go in there with the right type of backing in terms of player recruitment could have United. I'm not saying it's going to happen in, in 12 months, but over the next two to three years, potentially could arrive at a place where they're challenging uh, Manchester City and Liverpool I think that's actually possible maybe and it's just the fundamentals you get the right manager <laughs> get the right <laughs> big deal though that right manager and the right recruitment okay yeah the recruitment comes from the relationship between the manager and those people in around the board wherever you want to title you want to give them director of football the lad this that the other little committee one two person whatever works just get your recruitment right uh, get the relationship right with the manager but just fundamentally get that's the fourth step get the right manager in place and you'd be surprised how big a jump forward you can take yeah okay I agree with that. It's just everything the, else addressing all oh, split out, everybody got their own right. agendas. That'll all change. Get the right manager there, strong personality, uh organised address him, clears out the dressing room, uh and then you're you're on your way. Gives the club that's the bit of direction. That's the direction that you want that comes from the manager. Yeah, in fairness. Right if you, if you look back at the team that Klopp inherited, like very few of those players are still very important first team and, and that took that took time for him and I mean with Guardiola it was slightly different in that it looked like he had been influencing the transfer policy for a while or certainly the gene pool that he came from had been influencing the transfer policy but the, the job is a big big job you've got to get rid of I don't know how many of that, that team you would actually say yeah I really want him in my team Yeah, depending on what, what style of That's play you want just get on with it then Get on with it. Yeah, get well the right that, manager in place and let him get on with it. Have a listen to this. This is, is uh, Paul Scholes talking about Ranić in the aftermath of the game. Have a listen. I think they're only, not only, but I think they're a top class coach away from getting back to anything near where they should be. I think you, know, you look at the group of players; it's not that bad. There's some good players, some talented players, but for the last two years, or maybe even longer, did not have an elite coach. To and to be a elite coach of a coach of a big football club, you need to have special qualities. Um, you need to be able to get a team to play you want them to play, which is the, the most important. The philosophy you, you bring into it, you have to have a manager that strikes fear into players. Mm. Alex Ferguson had that. Have any of the other ones that they've had since done that? I don't think they do. I don't think they have. That's a special talent to get them players to be a little bit of a afraid of whenever they go out on a pitch you're thinking or even the training pitch if I don't do what this manager wants me to do you think them City players them Liverpool players like Jurgen Klopp they'll get away with nothing these players here for the last two or three years have probably got away with murder yeah, you, so I only you, think they're a big coach away from I'm not saying they're close to Liverpool and Ch- um, Manchester City I don't think they're far away from Chelsea squad wise I do think they're far away from Chelsea's squad wise, to be honest. I, I, but he's, he's saying what you were saying. Get on with it. Get the right coach. 
it's just that they've screwed up the coach recruitment so badly over the last number of years. They gave they gave Solskjaer another contract. Yeah. They hired Jose when the whole world knew that Jose's magic had disappeared. Van Gaal was such a random appointment who like had not been great at club level in a senior right. important job in a long time. Do you know? Yeah. The so track see, record's so not see, good. So you can keep looking back and back, but it's uh, all that matters is, an, is the next appointment. So just get it right, learn from your mistakes, look at the profile of the managers you want to bring in. There might be an argument for saying this: the coach we want to bring in is dependent on his style. I don't know, this seems to be the chat nowadays. This is how we want to play. This is our philosophy. We need to get a manager who fits this philosophy. I mean, that conversation was never had back in the day when I played. You brought in a manager to, to get you winning to win football games now it seems to be a little different you know he has to tick the, the right amount of boxes in terms of how, how how does he play how does this manager play seems to be a big thing now forget about many games that he wins now no, this is a this is a philosophy that we want to see ingrained in the football club so we have to get a manager who fits into that so Tuchel Owen brought up Tuchel we talked about it yesterday in the show of all of the potential available managers in the summer is he the one you would go after hardest Oh, if he's a, no, I'm a big fan of Pochettino uh, uh, personally. I think he's got him and his um, uh, backroom staff. I think when Paul Scott says about an elite coach, for, for me it's about the coach and his support staff. Some outstanding managers out there, but don't actually spend a huge amount of time on the training pitch in terms of hands-on, in terms of the tactical maybe setup of the team and spending too much time 1v1 with the players. They, they, they leave that out to their support staff and that's when you need a very strong support staff around you always a bit of talk and when Solskjaer left oh, the quality of the coaching staff around them and that's true that's that's important if you're giving that responsibility to other people you know if players if they're dealing with the players on a 1v1 basis and these players are high profile they better know their stuff you know they better be winning those players over and bowling yeah. them over in terms of what they have to say in terms of things that they're setting up on the on the training pitch so it's not just the manager for me it's the whole kind of management uh, team which is important so for that I think Pochettino at this stage of his career now I think he's ready I think he's ready to step in I think he'd be comfortable in that environment and I think he'd get a lot of respect off the players I like how we look how his teams have played not so much PSG a bit of a madhouse over there I don't think he'd actually set them up ideally the way he wants because of the politics of that football club who's got to play yeah. etc he wouldn't have that uh, Manchester United and I think you'd see him uh, lean back towards in terms of how that Spurs team played during his time there and they played well in terms of the setup, the tactical setup of the team there lads they were very kind of flexible in terms of they went 4-3-3 three, three, they go a back three kind of wing backs he kind of flipped between the ball whichever way they played they were really kind of organised tight knit unit in and out possession kind of high energy say high press it's a cliche thing to say most teams go in high press don't get me wrong but they done it in a really kind of cohesive way and they were very kind of very successful at it and he got the most out of that group that's the best I can say but to the Aspors he, he re- got everything out of that, uh, that group of players generally uh, week in week out I think he could do the same but Tuchel's a great he wasn't even in the conversation was he a couple of months ago but obviously circumstances at the moment looks as if there might be an option there getting him if that was the case yeah absolutely would be would, would he be on the short list yeah I think he would he is that type again in terms of personality and he's Who smart. would you rather Pochettino or Tuchel? <sighs> Oh, I, I, either I, I have them both up there. Too. I'm hugely impressed with uh, Tuchel since he's come into Chelsea. I just he's very clear, even in terms of his pre-post match when he's breaking things down, what he's presenting to people. Probably gives up too too much information to be honest with. You, but he can see like he's very clear, precise. Okay. You can see you can say that's how he deals with the players. Gives them good information, uh, well organised. 
and that little bit of wouldn't say arrogance but real kind of strength and personality as well Alright Tennis Tank on YouTube is uh, giving out about skulls putting the blame on the manager not the players and Peter G says the United talking heads are everywhere on TV they're like the narrators of a Greek tragedy this is what happened to Liverpool this is exactly what happened to Liverpool where their great team of the 80s all became uh, TV pundits and week on week on week on week on week <laughs> were given out about the team afterwards when it was Roy Evans and Sunis and Houllier and whoever um, and those teams obviously always inevitably fell short all the way up to even Benitez fell short but he did win a Champions League so maybe that's what United can hope for I think it's fair isn't it could you, could you say there wasn't too much there but Paul's goals had to say I thought oh, that's outraged in terms of what he said he actually tried to back up the, he actually tried to give support the players there a little bit as well. I think there's actually there's a really good squad yeah but he's, that's not right but that's not right that's not tearing that's the not players really are on the field the, and the players have to take responsibility for this like, they, like okay yeah so but you've made a point you made a point there about ex-Manchester United you know, players like jumping on the manager well, the, 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 and, the, and beating them up like well if you're saying like it's they're well they defended Solskjaer stand up. they defended Solskjaer until he was over well that's a little bit different that's a little bit that's the opposite argument and now you're saying that's the opposite argument they're looking after well they were now I can understand that yeah I think they were and that's a natural thing Jerry. you probably the same well we own own jumped across he, he throws me under the bus took a big took a big pa- page increase some other radio station and, wh- and whatever there'd still be a little bit of warmth between no, you no no you'd still, no you still Gentleman. have his back there is no you still have out. his back Jerry, wouldn't you <laughs> so I can understand I can understand we're colleagues not acquaintances, <laughs> acquaintances so the salt score thing and the United lads I, do you know what I don't mind saying that because that tells me do you know what even after all that time they've been apart they've been out of the dressing room forever it's 15 years that group of players still a little bit of a bother. their natural reaction is still to defend their mate a little bit I, and it's in a funny way I, I, okay. I, I, I like you to say it but okay. you're right in what you're saying yeah. it's very difficult all to right. be uh, all right. objective all right. but that's not the point you originally made I've got to be honest I'm with making, you I'm making multiple you're points the opposite. it's, like it's uh, a hive mind here Colin on YouTube says no manager will get those players to win the league Atletico press Maguire every time he was on the ball how he's playing with never mind captain of United uh, mass player clear out needed he says one last point on this could he be if if Tuchel arrived? Could he be saved in the back three? The way like the lack of pace that Thiago Silva has isn't an issue for Chelsea because he's surrounded with, with pace and the manager is really smart and knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Is there a recuperation that somebody like Thomas Tuchel can save Harry Maguire and not be a complete waste of the eighty million they've spent? Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair point. You have to look at his qualities and think: Do they outweigh maybe those? small weaknesses in his game so when you look at the qualities you look at how say how dominant he is in the air you look at his football and ability are you going to play in a manner in which you're going to ask you're talking about a back three your your middle defender to get on the ball and instigate your attacks to kind of drive into midfield and be the launch pad for attacks from the back if you are then you're saying well maybe I can integrate this fella then into the team I've got to protect him from the sides I might have to play a lower defensive block protect him in behind a little bit all those things so they're little things you have to kind of uh, marry up I'm not exactly sure to be uh, to be honest with you too so when he looks at Maguire he'd come to that conclusion I just think that lack of mobility kind yeah. of athleticism and just in terms of where he is I think mentally at the yeah. moment he looks to be absolutely shot almost comes a point with a, a player you feel as if pff, it probably be in his best interest. Send him back to Leicester, the clubs. trying at twenty million. <laughs> well, they've they've taken Vestergaard from uh, Southampton for twenty four. He's probably as clunky as, as Harry Maguire, and he he can't get his way into the Leicester the Leicester team either. So yeah, I f- I feel as if you're right, Jared. There's an ar- there's an argument for in terms of can we get the best out of him, protect him at the same time. 
but I just but, feel as if at those top how many how many of those top clubs you look at Liverpool's back to like two centre halves you look at the Manchester uh, 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 cities others that you've mentioned who carries nobody. somebody in the central defence well, one or two of those players with those kind of Deficient, particularly in terms of mobility and speed. Thiago Silva's success at Chelsea is a bit mad. It is a bit mad. He hasn't got much. He's on his last legs, to be fair. He is on his last legs. He's been on his last legs the whole time since he arrived. But he's smart. He is. He is smart. I'm way over time. I'm way over time. TBAM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. We've got uh, Kenny with us all morning. Keith Wood is going to join us at 8.15 to preview the Scotland game. We've got the sports pages, 8.35. Tommy Walsh is going to join us at 8.45. Andy Mitten at 9, talking Cheltenham at 10 past 9 bringing you some Brian O'Driscoll goodness at 9.30 John Duggan with the Cheltenham tips your way at 10 past 9 this morning doesn't matter who they get in in a year's time the media will be spinning it as the wrong decision like they're doing with Conte now says Richard Redballs I don't think anybody thinks it was a bad decision for Spurs to get Conte in it's just that um, who knows where it's going to go the new manager would need to be allowed to bring in his own coaching team there are still coaches there from the days of Mourinho I don't think he can bring in 50 coaches like there are 50 coaches working at Manchester United at the various levels so he's got to bring his first team squad in but I don't know are there any of the first team people there who were actual Mourinho appointments as opposed to players who come through the club uh, we do want to talk about um, sorry I'm going to give you a, an opportunity to win first uh, before we get to Arsenal-Liverpool so get your Arsenal-Liverpool uh, talking points ready for us there and uh, right competition time this is exciting we've got two pairs of tickets to give away today across OTB Sports to Ireland against Scotland in the Aviva Stadium on Saturday afternoon it's all thanks to Aldi official fresh food partner to Irish Rugby who this month launched Play With Your Food with the IRFU new research by Aldi has shown that over 40% of Irish kids do not eat fruit and vegetables every day who has 60% of kids are eating fruit and vegetables that is I am astounded Um, fruit and no fruit or veg yeah, do not eat. Fruit. Those fruit shoots, do they come into? They don't. I don't, into I don't think they count. <laughs> uh, play with your food encourages kids to think differently beans. about about how they consume fruit and veg. Like beans, Le- legumes, veg. legumes. No, it says one of your five a day on the packet of beans these days, doesn't it? Um, there you go. The game is sold out. If you want to get your hands on the last pair of tickets for the match, stay tuned to enter our competition and be with the chance of winning the pair of tickets to Ireland Scotland. You have to do the following: follow OTB on TikTok. It is at off underscore the underscore ball that's our handle snappy like our latest video and comment from uh, our code word Finn Russell to enter that code word with Finn Russell we'll pick a winner at random later today and get those tickets to you just make sure you're following the OTB TikTok account because we can't DM you for details unless you're following us right let's talk Liverpool and Arsenal Owen has fears mm. strong fears that even victory tonight if they're inspired by the wrong player to victory, will in the long term be a defeat? Explain your thinking. Well, well like I, I know it's like years old, and I hate to keep doing Game of Thrones references, but wasn't there a situation where uh, Tyrion found the love of his life, and it turned out that his father was actually uh, in love with her instead and stole her away from him? And uh, it was quite a brutal uh, scenario where the father gets killed by Tyrion in the end. I'm not sure if Arsenal will have that sort of level of revenge, but I just wonder: is there? I'm struggling remnants, with the comparison to be honest with remnants you. Remnants 2008-2009 coming back to, to Arsenal here where they're, the loads of their life <laughs> are going to be stolen, Kenny. Keep and going. They will be stolen Keep going, on, keep going. And they will steal away with the mist. Uh, an the elder. Mist. This is Kevin Caban explaining the Nations League here. <laughs> yeah. See, this, There's this a thing is, called Oedipus where, have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's a bit grim for this hour of the morning. It but is, It is. You know, it falls in love with the mother, mm-hmm. ends up killing his father. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? 
Yeah, let's go with that one. Let's, let's go with that one, but I'm not sure about this. Let's the, go with anything, basically. But, but okay, let's have far from what I I'm not sure about the killing part at the end. It's so basically Jurgen Klopp likes Gabriel Martinelli, and I'm very afraid that Liverpool will sign Gabriel Martinelli. Discuss. Ah, excellent. Th- thanks for that. Thanks for that bit of clarity, Al, at the end of it. Is that, has that been mentioned in the dispatches, is it? Well, the potential links haven't been mentioned. All you can go on is Jurgen Klopp's actual words about uh, Gabriel Martinelli, describing him as a talent of the century in 2019. The League Cup, obviously, that Liverpool dumped Arsenal out of a couple of months ago. He says that everybody should remember the name. Little Martinelli, we will talk about this player in the future. He, if he'll be without major injuries, he'll have a proper career. He called him an outstanding player. Uh, obviously, I mean, maybe there's some sort of loyalty to Edu for, for spotting him and, uh, and, and bringing him over. But I think, as we've seen in the past, if a bigger club comes in for an Arsenal player uh, they don't tend to hang around too long things are different now they're moving in the right direction but my fear is not so much this summer my fear is that if Arsenal don't get top four this year then there is a massive deal of pressure on the club to get top four this time next year because then you're in a situation where Saka and Smith-Rowe and Martinelli are all one year later in their contract they're all one year older they're all one year uh, down the line and away from not winning the Premier League title or from the Champions League title and I fear that there may be a crossroads coming again just like Arsenal were in the end game of Wenger where they couldn't push for those titles and they started to lose those players who could help Manchester United and Manchester City for example win those titles yeah that's always going to be the case and you're right in terms of some of the, the young talent at the, at the club it's as good as probably not the, actually it's probably the most the strongest pool of young talent that I can think of I could argue maybe Pedri and Gavia uh, and Sue Fatty in the uh, Barcelona but even they're, like they're Manchester younger, City you know. yeah but in terms of the, the, the age profile of those players Martinelli you've mentioned Smithrow and uh, Saka the ones we're talking about in particular Odengard you'd put him that card as well but he's come in for big money so you, you know you'd have to reference that but that's as, that's as good as anything around and you're absolutely right um, keeping those uh, players getting them under a long contract is going to be the biggest challenge in uh, facing Arsenal going forward and you're probably right on those those uh, individual players will be looking at Arsenal saying well can I, can I fulfil my ambitions here in terms of challenging for a title playing Champions League football you're absolutely right uh, year in year out I think that'll be important this season if they can steal that fourth uh, spot that might encourage one or two of those younger players to extend their contracts because that's going to be huge for Arsenal if they're going to bridge that uh, gap to the top kind of three got to build a team around those that young uh, cabal of uh, young players which they have mm. personally I think Saka for me is the, is the outstanding talent of them I wouldn't agree with him in terms of Martinelli Martinelli's an interesting one when he first broke into the Arsenal team people forget he played a couple of games actually down the middle as a central striker and, and, and caught the eye now he's come back into the team and he's playing kind of left of a three and obviously doing well there still think potentially maybe he could step into a central area he could maybe solve one or two of Arsenal's problems playing down the middle I wonder if Arteta looks at him and sees potentially he could save me 50 million to transfer market by actually playing down the down the middle of the pitch but Saka for me is the one head and shoulders absolutely out that kid could play any 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 club in the top clubs in the world he could walk in the PSG uh, Real Madrid at the moment even Manchester, Manchester City and absolutely be seamless to transition playing in that environment he's that good now, now the one thing is I will kind of like completely say here that it is utter paranoia if we look at the evidence here the only person who is out of contract in that cabal of young players that you mentioned there in 2024 is Saka and we know that Arsenal are working on getting a new contract which is going to be worth a lot of money uh, to Saka to get him beyond 2024 so all of a sudden then the 2023 window isn't as important as my paranoia just pointed out there because Smith Rowe is 2026 Martinelli is 2025 I think right. uh, so, and I think Odegaard is set on transfer market is 24 
Martinelli when I checked this morning. I'm seeing 2025 on. Are you saying his contracts up? Are you saying when his contracts up? Or yeah, when his contracts up. Yeah. So like one year out, you'd obviously have right. have to, to, to catch. But they're it. in good shape then. They're in good shape. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying it's just paranoia. But also on, on top of that, if. Uh, something goes wrong in one of these contracts and they do have to, to cash in or they're forced to cash in a little bit it does seem that the recruitment last summer has been good that if they got a massive windfall off a player they could recover relatively well as long as they don't have a fire set as, as long as they don't lose everybody they could recover from a little bit of a transfer market setback no, I personally no. think they need to keep those players and add to it. I think yeah. that I don't think that squad. I think they could pinch uh, fourth position for obvious reasons uh, this season, but next year I don't think the squad as it is is actually strong enough to to remain in that position. I think they need to strengthen the squad's not deep enough. That uh, that's obvious, and I even think in certain areas of the pitch, still even think centre uh, midfield. Mm. If you're going to be committed to Granite Jack and centre midfield for the majority of the season, I still think you can do better there. Um, and the centre forward position is absolutely huge. I don't know what's going to happen. He's a big decision to make with Lacazette. You're talking about our contract. He's out contract in the summer. I think they've had the best of him, uh, Lacazette. I think he's only heading one way over the next two to three years. My gut feeling tells me let him go in the summer. He's on a free transfer. Get him off the wage bill and go and buy big. They tried to do it in the wind. They tried to get Vlatovic in. I thought it was a good fit. Uh, couldn't get him. They need to go and spend the money. Not just Maybe not just on one. They need to make a decision then in terms of whether uh, Eddie and Kevin is good enough to play as a number two. Also, out of contract this summer. Our contracts are well. And if they don't look at him and think he can't lead the line for a, for a period of time if we need him, then they've got to get money for him. Now, somebody, people have paid 20, 30 million for him. And then you go almost got to get, go and get two centre forwards. Uh, with the proviso that I said that you don't feel as if Martinelli maybe can come in and play in that central area so they're the positions for me they yeah. basically need they need to keep what they have on but they also need to strengthen if they're going to maintain uh, that challenge for a top four and very slowly begin to eat in to those um, those three teams above them but they're, they're in a good place I mean that's not a negative no question no, it's just pure um, pure goals from the past speaking here and it takes it turns out it takes a while they've to got a good manager now but they're de- they've got a good manager now turns out that way yeah and it's taken them a while isn't it you're talking about new manager coming in match clopped the amount of time it took him there in terms yeah. of coming in clearing the dressing room preaching his mantra getting people buy in and all of a sudden over a period of time whoosh gets ingrained and you're on your way it feels a virus and a little bit there at the moment you watched them play uh, the game I watched the last game they played uh, the other night what was the game they played the other night beat Watford or the one after that yeah yeah kind of the Leicester last... City on Sunday yeah Matt uh, last Sunday yeah, they beat Leicester on, on Yeah, Sunday. Leicester, excuse yeah. me, I was covering the game. Yeah, Leicester, yeah. But you look at them play, yeah. uh, like um, when they play now from the back. It's almost like it's computer game stuff now in terms of the split, players understanding where they need to be, when to play one, two, two, it's playing around the corner, knowing where uh, uh, players are. You know what I mean? They're, they're really playing at a good level now. It's a real kind of understanding, game understanding in terms of how they, how they want to play and how the manager wants them to play. And they're being quite successful with it. Now, individually, they can improve around the pitch but they, they are in a really good place that's a, such a dangerous game for Liverpool tonight Liverpool are really going to have to be sharp tonight not so much sharp in terms of their attack and play Liverpool but switched on really out of possession in terms of like counter attack because of the, the quality of those players that we've mentioned particularly on the counter Saka Martinelli's absolutely uh, rapid isn't he Odegaard looks as if he'll play Smith Rowe can't even get into the team at the moment but Arsenal are, Arsenal are very dangerous at the moment Liverpool Liverpool aren't going to tiptoe away through this game tonight in terms of 60-70% you know what I mean and playing maybe phases you know, Arsenal playing with a lot of confidence at the moment I'm really looking forward to the game Liverpool do you make them title favourites if they win tonight? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're close to being there now anyway. Right. To be honest with you, yeah. Hasn't surprised me. I don't know, I didn't, probably didn't speak to you. It was maybe about a month or so ago, three, four weeks. Just felt as if Liverpool were primed to go. And to be honest with you, I'd have been surprised if they hadn't. But this this isn't like, shouldn't be a surprise that Liverpool suddenly now are breathing down the next Manchester City. Just in terms, they just got on a bit of a run. Players back, squad top heavy, everybody hungry. Just felt as if right here we go they're just putting a charge in here so no it hasn't surprised me it looks as if Manchester City will hang around so we should have a nice to and fro right up right up until the end of the season but no Liverpool are in a great place at the moment Liverpool hammered them in November in in the game at Anfield it was 4-0 yeah. and it wasn't close it didn't feel close no, it really all. felt like this is an exposure of where Arsenal need to get to but since then Arsenal have obviously had form and a settled selection and decided what their best team is. Yeah. We've also got the Carabao Cup in the middle of that as well yeah. where, where Liverpool exposed Arsenal yeah. again and they were, Arsenal almost celebrating with the nil all the, the first day out which in fairness was, was a good result in, in the context of things but there was a gulf in those three games so far this yeah. season. But even like Arsenal defence that back four unit now stabilised they've actually got a partnership now centre half you know you could kind of hang your hat onto a point still have small reservations though Gabriel but he's improved this season his partnership with Ben White he's been a stabilising influence there Ben a huge amount of money you're talking about money well spent yeah he's a good player to bring in he has improved the team but that's a huge amount of money 50 million but he has held Tierney's obviously top class left back Tommy Yasu will come back in Ramsdale maybe a couple of question marks people Ooh, it's a slight gamble bringing this lad in playing with a huge amount of confidence and then that confidence runs through the whole team. So even the defensive setup now, that kind of screen in front Partey, mm. like an animal in midfield, getting around, making tackles, breaking things up, getting on the ball, charging forward, scoring goals yeah. at the weekend, that Not bit bad. of all action. So, well, that's what I'm saying. That's a big step up in terms of... So that helps in terms of the, the defensive solidity, which has always been an issue as well for Arsenal. That's looking a, li- that's looking a lot stronger now as well. Well, as well as to what we've been talking about in terms of their attacking quality so yeah hence the reasons they're in a, a good position Aubameyang started that game and played the full 90 minutes against uh, Liverpool the last time things, mm. things have changed that mm. was important I still have them no I still have them there no. at the football club I've got to be honest with you this is where I disagree no. a little bit in terms of Arteta, uh, Arteta so I'm talking about Lacazette at the moment I don't think he's the best fit there at the moment I, I, I think they could do better and for me, Aubameyang was better. Now, you could argue our oh, attitude and all that. Yes. Yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. That's important. But, but, so, so now we're getting back to managing managing players. Now, you talk about, you've, talk, you've, you've uh, uh, talked up uh, Tuchel, next Manchester United manager. He's got all the attributes, ticks all the boxes, strong person, had the whole shebang. So how did he, what was his attitude to Aubameyang when he had him at the How did he handle him when, it, these, uh, when these situations presented themselves, arriving two minutes late for the meeting or, or coming down and missing a breakfast and all, all being in a bit of a it is and that how did he handle it did he give him the you know did he did he find him did he ostracise him from the group did he publicly humiliate him this ain't good enough no he handled him a different way he understood right this fella it's just it's, it's innate in the moments in his nature I'm not going to fight him but he's loved in the dressing room the players love him there's not an issue there he, he elevates the team and makes the team better so I'm going to suck it up and that's how and that's how he handled it Bamian said he was great at the training pitch good trainer brilliant player but obviously had these issues in terms of timekeeping whatever you want to call it but he handled it differently and he got the very best out of him Arteta's gone a different road he's out the door now and he's kind of we'll see how he goes in Barcelona he's having a decent spell there at the moment so time will tell I think he can have both I don't think yeah. it has to be one or the other I'd more Arteta to a certain extent in terms of discipline the dressing this is how can things I just have say, to be uh, how, how do you square the 
we've got one of the best batches of young players yeah. in the world and we're yeah. also going to have someone who yeah. seems to be jetting off missing training is our captain and yeah. is supposed to be a leader and he's setting a really bad example I, I all about the dressing the specifics are important but if you're talking about a bit of late keeping for me I was never I'd never a big issue uh, with like people turning in it was never a big issue for me they came onto the training pitch they kind of trained well they turned up on a Saturday and played I had absolutely no problem with that so for me it's all it's not how I feel like I'm a disciplinarian it's how I'm perceived if I let this go I need to be seen to be strong for me my my first thought would be it's about the dressing room what effect does that have on the dressing room how is he being perceived by the other players and if the other players look at him and think oh we just love this fella we just we want him we know how good he is a lovely fella we love him. we love his company and he's a huge huge asset to the dressing room for me do you really want to go and burn all your bridges by you know, you know coming with a heavy hand and ostracising for the group and literally actually pushing them out of the dressing room that's interesting I don't think it has to be one or the other I think you can have both of those things and I think the very best managers and I think Tuchel's up there at the moment this is how we, this is how we handled them at Dortmund they got the very best out now I like that style of management rather than potentially kind of the, the hard hand which Arteta's come with. Yeah, look, I, I, I get the point you're making. I, I do think that probably there's a significant difference between the Dortmund dressing room at that stage when you had a bunch of seasoned players who had won the Bundesliga under Klopp and this current squad at Arsenal who you're trying to get to be the hard-working team that presses the way that ah, yeah, but hard work, that's but that's the that's the difference. If he's hard work, if he yeah. takes that onto the training pitch, he's sloppy in terms of his training. He's not working or not showing up. Bad, bad, bad now it's showing up's a little bit different. Like, You're trying to make out he was on a private aircraft over to South of France. It was, it was an Las an it, like he was, he was allowed to go. He just returned date from it. Like the, the one thing I would say is that like there seems to be a very big difference between how Lacazette uh, and his role is perceived in the dressing room compared to how Aubameyang's role was perceived. And it feels that as if Lacazette is kind of like the dad of that squad at the moment. Like he's the old guy, and also even his the way he plays, where he brings those amazing youngsters into play around him, uh, kind of just as emblematic of, of his role in the dressing room at the moment. All right, we, we, we let the the listeners can decide. Yeah, you can leave a comment on the YouTube stream for us, or you can always tweet us at Off the Ball A. And OTBAM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.